Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast, hosted as always by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network on the YouTube channel. Brant, we had football this week. It's good to be back. It's good to have week one in the books. A lot, a lot, a lot of things happening in the NFL world. Rogers' injury on, on Monday night uh, was a big one. Uh, four plays uh, as, as a Jet. I'm not sure that's what uh, Woody Johnson and the organization was was hoping for. Um, but nonetheless, it happened. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson got banged up. We saw some other pretty pretty decent injuries. And we saw some really good football, Brant. J.K. Dobbins to the IR. Again, it's a, it's his favorite place to be. Yeah, it's my new Kenny Galladay. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. there was some good. There were some good games, and there were some ugly games out there. There were some ugly offenses, some teams that and players that people may be overreacting and underreacting to, and. Um, but it was good to have football back. It's it's remember, guys, biggest thing. It's week one. Calm down. It's week one. It is. You're right, Brant. It's week one. We're gonna come back. We're gonna hit you guys with a week one recap, a Thursday night preview. Brant, let's get the bibs on. And let's see. So, Brant, you kind of alluded to it before we hit the intro there that there's there's some things that could be overreacted on um, this week. You know, uh, if you talk about last Thursday's game, there's the do we drop Kadarius Tony like he drops Patrick Mahomes passes? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to talk about that one at all today, Brant, because I sure don't want to be wrong on either side of it because <laughs> Kadarius Tony's good enough. He could explode next week or maybe he just has four or five more drops. I don't know. But there's a lot to overreact about this week. It's week one. Um, Brant, you and I have found ourselves in the past do this, uh, but it's easy to overreact after some things that happened last week. Some guys are stinkers week one, and then they're great the rest of the season. Some guys, Sammy Watkins, are great week one, and they're stinkers the rest of the season. So, Brant, why don't you go ahead and talk about something that you're not willing to overreact to. You're going to pump the brakes and slow down a little bit on. I'm not going to overreact to the New York Giants um, offense and their team in general. Um, yeah, they ran into some crappy weather. I get it. It was their home stadium. They came out flat-footed, and before you knew it, the Dallas was all over them. That Dallas mm -hmm. defense is going to be a thing to reckon with in fantasy, in regular football. They are dangerous. And I'm not going to quickly overreact to Daniel Jones, you know, just throwing to the wayside, um, 
Darren Waller, I've been saying it all offseason. I think he's still a top five tight end. Let's look at all the other tight ends and how they did. No tight end really leaped off the table to you. And the ones that should have, uh, they didn't decide they wanted to play week one. Uh, <laughs> so sure. I'm, I'm not going to overreact. We still don't know who the number one wideout really there is in New York. That defensive line did not give them any time. Give did, Brian DeBull will get that offense back back on track, I think. Uh, Saquon Barkley is still going to be the center point of it. Darren Waller, mm-hmm. I think, will still be the best pass catcher. And and we're gonna find we're gonna find it out. You just just don't don't immediately think that you know that this is the oh, New York's back to be in New York. New York Giants are not back to that. They they have all the pieces there and, and give it give it a little bit of time. And I, I'm not going to overreact to it. I think that team is ready to uh, put themselves in in, uh, in the contention with that division. But that defense is scary in Dallas. Yeah, Brent, uh, I'm not I'm not sure I want to relive this, but I, I did call for the New York Giants to potentially upset the Dallas Cowboys on our Sunday morning live start sit. So uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. I thought the Giants would show up ready to play. I thought Saquon and Danny Dimes would be out to prove that they got the money they deserved. Uh, boy, uh, I, I was sure wrong about that. But they weren't the only offense that struggled, Brent. We saw the 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 uh, Bills struggle on week one. Josh Allen was was struggling to find his rhythm. That's a little nerve wracking, but these guys don't play a lot in the preseason, right? And that we kind of see that catch up week one. If you look at this, the, there's two teams I want to talk about here for for slow starts as well. And Brand, I might I might defer one of them to you because I think you watched that game a little closer than I did. But there's two teams in the AFC North that call that division home that got off to a really slow start this this season. Um, a lot slower than a lot of us expected. And the first one I want to talk about is the San Francisco 49ers just molly whopping the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought that might be one of the better games of the week as far as back and forth, as far as good gritty defenses. If you remember right, Brant, on our Wednesday show uh, on the redraft uh, DFS show, I said this was the game of the week that I was excited to look forward to. I wanted to know a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions I wanted answers to. I don't like the answers I got out of week one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, not ready to go, clearly. 40, or, uh, 31 out of 46, 232 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Najee Harris, w- was was Jalen Warren going to steal the backfield work? Neither one of these guys deserve the backfield. Six carries for Najee, 31 yards, 5.2 yards per carry. So that's a little manageable. Jalen Warren, three carries, six yards, two yards a carry. Then you get down into the the offense, Brant, and I know I, I want to skip one name in particular because you're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Deontay Johnson, six targets, three receptions. Calvin Austin, six targets, six receptions. Um, you go down to Jalen Warren. This is kind of interesting, Brant. Six targets for Jalen Warren out of the backfield. He caught five of those for 12 total yards, so not a whole lot to write home about. Long story short, this offense was smothered. San Francisco's defense, when you talk about scary, they may be more scary than Dallas Cowboys, or at least right there with them, uh, because I expect this Pittsburgh offense to be pretty explosive. They got off to a super, super slow start, Brant, um, but I still think there's enough talent. Talent wins. I like George Pickens a lot, um, who obviously I didn't say his name in there. Um, let me see if I can see what Pickens did this weekend. I own him in enough places. You would think that I would have some semblance of an idea. <laughs> Seven targets, five receptions. So he had an okay game, just no yards, no touchdowns to go along with it. The one touchdown scorer there in that game, Brant, was a guy you and I both thought would never catch one. Uh, Pat Fryermuth did end up coming down with a touchdown catch. Uh, I believe down with an injury. 
it was his only reception of the game out of four targets. So Kenny Pickett was still showing a little inaccuracy. Uh, and then the other one in that division, Brant, so you had a divisional matchup between the Browns and the Bengals, right? And who thought, uh, looking into this game, that Deshaun Watson would be the better of the two quarterbacks this week? Uh, I certainly wasn't one of them. Um, so, Brant, four, 82 yards passing for Joe Burrow total. Are we scared about what's going on there in Cincinnati, or is this an overreaction? I think it's an overreaction uh, to a lot of people. First off, you got to remember, Burrow didn't play at all in the preseason. He barely got any practice in. He just came back from an injury. I'm sorry, you're not going to target T. Higgins, what was it, eight times mm-hmm. every game and not, not complete a pass. The rhythm just wasn't there, and, and I'm not panicking on it. Jamar Chase was, what, four of nine, if that. I could be wrong on those. It might be two of nine. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, that game was that game was was not pretty to uh, watch. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not just the rhythm's got to get there, and, and that team will get back in rhythm. They're not just going to lay down and, and and take it. it. That that team's one of the best in the north, and, and they'll get back in it. I honestly believe they're going to get back in it this week going against the Ravens. Yeah, I like them to bounce back again too. I, I think Brant, when you talk about a team that's too complete uh, offensively to struggle the way they struggled, I just don't see that lasting. Um, the other one that I want to talk about that I feel like a lot of people are, are getting really quick. Uh, I won't, I won't, um, necessarily name the person, but I had somebody messaging me this morning, um, talking about I'm out on Garrett Wilson, uh, because of this news on Aaron Rodgers. So, um, my, my overreaction is, is people waving the white flag to Jets players fantasy value, um, Brant, I know we had made all the jokes all offseason Jets offense to the moon because we were a year too early calling that uh, and that Rodgers was going to elevate this offense to the next level, right? Um, Achilles to the moon. Oh, no, his Achilles went back down. Um, but if you if you look at this team and how this team performed in the absence of Josh Allen, yes, I or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers, yes, I know it wasn't the high-paced, high-scoring offense that we were looking for. Breeze Hall – Averaged 12.7 yards a carry on 10 carries. The man had a good game. Dalvin Cook was a little slow. That's okay. He only practiced for two weeks. I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of him week one. I think him and Breeze Hall both get going uh, a little bit better as it goes. Zach Wilson, though, again, no first-team reps all offseason. That was all to Mr. Rogers. So you can expect him to come in and be a little slow. He had a better game in this game on Monday Night Football on the biggest stage that he's probably played in in his Jets career, Brant, against the Buffalo Bills. And he had a game that was probably on par, if not better, than what he performed in the past. He did have that one bad interception early in relief for Rodgers. But again, your timing with the wide receivers is off. The timing with the offensive linemen is off. The offensive linemen aren't used to the cadence. He had uh, 21 total passes. He completed 14 of them, 140 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. I'm not mad about those numbers. They're not great. But the the thing that that is interesting to me is Alan Lazard still had four targets. Garrett Wilson caught all five of his targets and a touchdown. That's okay in fantasy. That's a salvageable week. I can live with that. Breeze Hall also added a 20-yard reception on the ground. So, Dalvin Cook, three receptions, 26 yards. I'm not upset about any of this fan, any of these fantasy numbers for the Jets, Brant. I think they'll be okay. Obviously, expectations come down lower. Garrett Wilson's no longer an elite, elite, elite wide receiver, but I think he's still a wide receiver one, fringe wide receiver two this year. Look what he did last year with no Aaron Rodgers. Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson. He ended up being, what, a top 20 wide receiver last year, 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. I still think he can get near those numbers with a, with a higher touchdown increase. He's already got one. 
won this season. He only needs four more to beat what he did last year. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not waving the white flag on this Jets offense at all. There's too much talent. Zach Wilson may hinder it a little bit, uh, but we've seen bad quarterbacks have fantasy relevant players around them before. I think Breeze Hall is going to be fine. I think Dalvin Cook's fine. And I'm not nervous about Garrett Wilson at all, Brent. No white flag here for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not nervous about that at all. Uh, it, uh, yeah, like you said, it'll take a little downtick, but all those guys are still going to be fine. We saw all those guys do what they, they were very well minus Cook. They were salvageable last year in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so stop. It's and it, it, that was Monday night. They haven't had any practice together. Give Wilson a little bit of time. He's got a chance to sit behind Rogers and, and learn the game a little bit better. I think. Um, so, and, and he's going to have Rogers on the sideline helping him once. Well, maybe if Lissy goes to this darkness retreat, but right. he should have Rogers on the sideline helping coach him up too. So I, I'm not waving the white flag. If anything, Wilson may boost the numbers than he did last year. Yeah, absolutely, Brent. Absolutely. So again, let's not overreact to what happens week one. If if in week four, if the Steelers' offense, if the Bengals' offense. If the Giants offense is still reeling and struggling to put points on the board and they're turning in fantasy bad performances, sure, we'll all be panicking. The whole world will be panicking because there's too much talent on those mm-hmm. three rosters for people to coexist without their fantasy production. So let's slow down a little bit. Let's pump the brakes. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here, Brant. Absolutely. Let's go into Absolutely. some deep, deep, deep dives. Okay. I, I Most waivers have processed at this point. The dust is settled on guys like Justice Hill and Gus Edwards and Josh Kelly and Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua. All these guys have slowly been picked up, Brent, Hayden Hurst. What's left out there that may be worth looking at? What's left? So one of the biggest guys I, I like is, is a guy that you said it was a sleeper this year when you put him out earlier this year. And he's really going to step in and have a chance to really, really add to the role. And that's Allen Robinson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we know Deontay Johnson's missing some time. And we know that that offense is going to get going. Um, mm-hmm. If I could get this to pull back up. Um, we know that the, we know that the Steelers will get going. The offensive line's too good. They have too much, you know, depth on receiver. And, I, and this guy has done this with, with terrible quarterback play. Well, he played 89% of snaps. He had eight targets, five receptions, 64 yards. He had 13.53 fantasy points. And guess what? He was barely picked up this week. So he still only owned. And I mean, he's still just by this. This is dynasty. He's only owning 67% of leagues. If I went and looked at some redraft leagues or other things, that percentage is going to come down. Alan Robinson's a guy that, that I am targeting um, with with a late late pickup and putting him on the bottom of my bench and just seeing what this offense looks like without Deontay Johnson. Okay. Um, definitely going to be some targets to spare, right? Um, Brant, I'm going to tell you about a guy that I've gotten excited about in a very short amount of time, uh, and it's going to be due to the to the hindrance of one of your favorite, favorite uh, wide receivers in the National Football League. Um, this is a deep dive, Brant. Uh, even in Dynasty League settings, he's owned in less than 30% of rosters. This guy was drafted with the 100th overall pick in this year's draft. He is a rookie. I'm talking about Trey Tucker out of the University of Cincinnati. This guy got drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders. There's an immediate opportunity for him to step in and play after, uh, I don't know how many people out there saw the hit on uh, Jacoby Myers, but it was one of the more vicious hits 
um, I've seen in quite some time. Uh, he, I didn't he, need to see it to be sad. <laughs> he was uh, he thousand yard stairs. He laid on that field. You couldn't help but feel bad for him. He's having a hell of a hell of a game to that point, Brant. Um, but anyway, Trey Tucker, can I be honest for a minute? I didn't know as much about this guy as I probably should have because I was a huge Desmond Ritter fan. Uh, when Desmond came out of Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, I thought was throwing all his passes to Alec Pierce. Apparently Trey Tucker was pretty, uh, valid in that offense in Cincinnati as well. Um, but here's the part that I'm really excited about, Brant. Devontae Adams said Trey Tucker is one of the best rookies he's ever seen. Now, granted, Devontae Adams in Green Bay, they drafted nothing but fifth and sixth round wide receivers the whole time he was there. Uh, and then the undrafted guys that come in. So it's it's not crazy that, that Devontae hasn't seen a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. Um, but Trey Tucker, he's coming in. He's got an opportunity. He was a healthy scratch week one. So, again, not the most exciting stuff. But Adams's comments have come out. They've activated him. They say he's going to be involved in week two's game script. I think there's a chance you see Trey Tucker come out and have 50% of the snaps. And if he gets five or six balls, he's, he's five foot nine, 185 pounds. So he's kind of the new frame that the NFL is going to these slender lightning quick, get it in their hands, let them take off guys. If this guy gets a few targets this week and puts anything out there, he's going to be one of the top waiver claims next week. So if your league does have deep taxis, if your league does have a spot where you can pick this guy up and store him, Trey Tucker of the Las Vegas Raiders is definitely worth an ad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I saw those comments and did a little little deep research on him, but not, not, I didn't get too many notes out of it. But this is a guy that definitely could make an impact. That role of Jacoby Myers – it is wide open right now. I understand Renfro's there, but I, I, this guy could step right in and take that role. Mm -hmm. So mine is going to be another deep dive in uh, redraft leagues. He's only owning 42% of leagues. He had 17 and a half fantasy points last week, and he was RB number eight. Now, mind you, the scoring systems make different. Some, some, uh, some, uh, some leagues. Uh, That's Roshan Johnson. I know he got a lot of work in garbage time, but he looked to be the more explosive back. He had, you know, five carries for 20 yards. He did find the end zone, so that helped out. This is where it gets interesting. Seven targets, six receptions, and 35 yards. For a running back that you can go out and just snag right off the waivers, put on the bottom, this is a rookie running back. That running back room is wide open. Cleo Herbert wasn't too impressive week one. The Bears' offense wasn't too impressive. But there's going to be bright spots. We see that in every year that there's a bright spot in every bad offense. This could be that bright spot. And, and he could immediately take over that uh, RB1 role there in Chicago. Absolutely. And Brent, I, part of me wants to say, wait and see what it looks like week two. But again, if it does, if it's the same, this is one of them that you're going to have to go out and get now if you want him. Because next week, if he does it again, he's going to be a top waiver claim. You're going to have to use your waiver um, and your fab budget on him next week. Right now is the time to pick that guy up. But I, due to the fact that it was mainly Khalil Herbert early in the game, that's who they were looking at, makes me a little nervous. The Packers offense jumped out ahead, slapped them in the face. The Bears offense couldn't get anything going. And it was it's it's almost one of those things is, does that garbage time and those garbage time numbers really impress me that much? But Roshan, as an avid Bijan Robinson fan, um, I did watch a lot of Bijan film and let me say Roshan Johnson was just as impressive in college. So I have no problem with this one, Brant. Again, probably shouldn't be on the waivers in your league, but if he is, 
he's probably worth a pickup because he's going to be pretty good down the stretch. I think it's just going to take him some time to probably get to the bell cow status or the heavy workload status that I think mm-hmm. he ends up at. All right, Brant, I just had the one for us this week. Next week, you and I will be back on Monday on our normal time, maybe a little earlier before kickoff, uh, but we're going to start coming back next week to get some of these waiver claims uh, out ahead of time next week. Um, I just couldn't remove myself from the Monday night game. I was being selfish this week. I had to watch that myself. And about three minutes into the game, I would have been fine to record. So, um All right, Brent, let's talk about this Thursday's game because on paper, it looks like it should be a pretty good game. It looks like it should be, you know, there should be some decent scores on the board. It looks like it should be fun at back and forth affair, Um, but I'm not so sure it will be. We've got the Minnesota Vikings traveling to uh, play the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly, Brent. Um, what do you make of this game? What do you what are you thinking about this one? So Philly Philly's offense is is explosive. We all know that. We do know that they did start off a little little sluggish to start the game this past week. Once again, it's week one, and Minnesota started middle and end of the game was very sluggish type of game. They lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, so that's that's <laughs> Baker Mayfield now. I think that Philly should run away with this game fairly quick. Um, I expect Goddard to be more involved. I know he had zero targets or zero points this week. Um, But the OC came out and said that they want to get the ball in his hand a little bit more. So I think he's going to see some more targets. I expect Philly to uh, really take off on this. That that Minnesota defense is, is, is nothing to write home about. It's it's lost all of its its uh, players there. I, I expect I expect this to be really one sided. So, just real quick before I I get into the Thursday game, Brant, I did see some highlights of the Bucks Vikings, and mainly the parts of of the Buccaneers game where Baker Mayfield was mic'd up. I don't know if you saw those or not, Brant, but I went from like, okay, Baker's here. I I can get behind Baker in Tampa. Maybe I'm rooting for him a little bit to like, okay, this guy's cringy and they need to take his mic off now. So there was a play towards the end of the game where he was willing to sacrifice it, take it out, took the ball, trying to get some gritty yards at the end of the game to salt the clock away. And he plows over a corner or something and he's screaming in his face, put on some weight, little boy. You got to put on some weight, you know, like – He's putting the team on his back. He's out there willing to sacrifice and fight and claw. And it's like, yes. And then, you know, just a few short minutes later, he's in the huddle talking to his team about how they've secured the win. And there's going to be group hugs in the shower tonight. Uh, and it's like, you know, Baker, I just, I'm not here for that with you. Uh, I'm not so, on sir. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, nonetheless, um, this game, Brant, I, I do think Minnesota sticks around early. I think they end up falling off late. They do just have enough firepower. I'm excited for Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson against the corners in uh, Philly. I know Darius Slay is still there. Um, I'm excited about that. I think Kirk Cousins is going to get sacked quite a few times uh, by that front front five there in, in Philly. Um the Philly offense, though, I'm I'm confused. Kenneth Gainwell came out, busted or busted it up this week, blew up, and now he's out. He's already been ruled out for this Thursday. So Rashad Penny, DeAndre, like who? What are where are we going with this this week? I don't I don't know what to make of it. So again, I think this is going to be one of those backfields. It's going to be very frustrating to own, especially if you saw head coach Nick Sirianni's um, quotes on DeAndre Swift. He said some weeks his role is going to be what it was last week where he doesn't see the ball. Other weeks he's going to be the bell cow. So, I mean, if you're as a coach coming out and say that, you're basically just telling me don't start your running backs in my fantasy league because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I, I do think, Brent, I think this is going to be a game where, I, and I think last Thursday was too. Last Thursday would have been the best Thursday night game of all of last season because it was competitive. It was back and forth for a lot of the game. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to look away from the game this week. I feel like it's going to be a very similar situation. Again, both offenses can be electric when they're hitting right. And one side of the ball does have a fairly good defense. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, but as always, Brant, we are going to come at these guys with some underdog picks of the week, some plays that we're really vibing on for this Thursday game. And again, Sunday morning for the live start sit, we put out a few more. Uh, and I think we did pretty well on them this week, Brant, um, on our lives, our, our, our uh, underdog picks. Um, so I, I know I got one wrong and it was voided due to injury, thankfully, even though he wasn't getting there. But Deontay Johnson, I had uh, over four and a half receptions and he did get hurt prior to, but uh, he wasn't getting there. Uh, but anyway, let's get let's get these uh, underdog picks of the week. Brandon. All right, Brant, take me through your play of the week here. My play of the week, Justin Jefferson, over or higher than one receiving touchdown. I expect him to find the end zone this week. Uh, they'll be playing from what I said will be uh, – what I believe will be from behind. I expect multiple targets. I expect him to find the end zone. Okay. I, um, I've i got I've got two that I'm really torn on here, and they're both at the quarterback position. I'm not sure I feel great about either of them, Brant. But the first one kind of coincides with yours, and I think that's part of why I'm in, I'm infatuated by it. Kirk Cousins higher than 37 and a half pass attempts. Um, he did this 11 times last year. He threw more than 37 and a half last week. It feels like a game where they're going to be falling behind potentially, so I think he's going to have to do that again this week. And then the other one I think is also really interesting. I didn't realize – I knew he was mobile, but I didn't realize how often. Uh, Jalen Hurts higher than nine rushing attempts. That was – Pretty well, right about 10 was where he was at last year on his average takeoffs. He had nine last week. Um, again, I do think this game could be a little more high scoring than the game last week. So I think I see, you see him run a couple more times than just nine. Okay. Okay. My, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. My other one is uh, higher than 62 and a half receiving yards for Devonta Smith. I, I believe they're going to going to get out to a fast start. And I believe they get to the ball. All the focus will be on AJ Brown, like it should be. And I think I think Smith will, will find it long deep ball to get. I think I think this could end up coming in about three receptions. I expect him to break one loose, and I expect him to be over this probably. I'm gonna go on a limb and say he's over this in the first half. Okay, all right, um, Brant. One last thing, one last parting words because you're you've been an advocate for this guy in the past. Tell me what your your stance is on Dallas Goddard this this week. Because he does he get back into it? Is he back to being a top 10 tight end this week? Yeah, I think he is. I think they, they want to get the ball in his hand. He's, he's a guy that helps move the sticks a lot easier than trying to throw it deep. So I expect him to really get involved this week. Um, his uh, higher lower is at four and a half reception. So apparently Vegas believes he's going to get involved too. Um, so I, I do expect him to, uh, to be involved this week. Okay. All right. Well, Brant, that does it for this week's episode. We'll be back same time next week, Monday, uh, trying to come at you so you can get some waiver claims in on the Fat Boys next week. Uh, we will also be live this Sunday again, 
we had a decent crowd this week. Come join us, get some start sits, get some menu advice, and some DFS plays of the week, Brant. Absolutely. As always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.